This segment of Off the Hustle is powered by SaskGolfer.com. He gave it away. Coaster scores. Coaster, Coaster five on five scores. Hey everybody, welcome back, to episode number twenty-four of Off the Hazel. My name is Drew Coaster. I am your host, and I'm joined by my brother, Troy Coaster. Troy, how are you doing, man? It's Wednesday morning, and we got, wow, I would say kind of a big fish, no? Good weekend, and big fish today. Yeah, very big fish. Uh, I think people probably saw the post, I'm not too sure, but uh, yeah, they had a great weekend down in, I believe it was Fort Wayne, Fort yeah. Wayne, Texas. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, another great guest to the show. Yeah, and uh, he's he's a first, uh, obviously, with his job title. But uh, before we get to him, Troy, what's um, what's going on, man? How was your weekend? Uh, I know you went out golfing. We both did, but uh, let's talk about your weekend. Uh, weekend started Friday. Uh, I covered the west part of Regina. You covered the east part of Regina. I got out to the uh, Regina Golf, Regina Beach Golf Course. Played 18 there. It wasn't too bad for wind. I think gusting 30, 35. Uh, dropped four stro- strokes off my game. Shot 82. So Nice. For my second round of the year, not too bad. Nice little track there. I've never played it before. Uh, I know we're going to have Ryan on in the future here for... Uh, Where'd you play? I, I honestly don't think you said it yet. Where'd you play? Regina Beach. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I met up with the uh, club pro, uh, Ryan... Uh, Ryan Party is his name, and I think we're going to have him on a segment in the future here for Inside the Clubhouse. But uh, So that was my Friday. Saturday, tried not to blow away. 80K wins. Oh, my God, man. That was... That's you, brutal. Didn't do much. You didn't really leave the house. Sunday, uh, wind died down, you know, hung out with my wife, got some stuff done, and then, uh, you know, we recorded Sunday night with uh, Kyle. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, you? I mean... <laughs> For me, I went out to uh, Fort, Fort Capel, you know, Brian Ardlin there. He's on the show a couple weeks ago. Great guy. And then, obviously, actually the funny the guy's name is Corey in the, in the clubhouse there. Walked in right away, knew us somehow, and took good care of us. Um, you know, I played really well. It, was, <laughs> it wasn't actually that windy. I think maybe, maybe in the valley was kind of hidden, I guess, from the wind. But uh, smooth 65 I had. I actually lipped out for three birdies coming home to, you know, 62. would have been kind of sweet to add to my, uh, what was that word, repertoire? Is that word? 65. Yeah, so it's five under. I can brag some more. Well, I just, yeah, so I went and I, I played well finally. It was good. and Great round. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun. But thanks again to obviously, you know, Fort Capel and obviously Regina Beach. Um, we, we really appreciate it. I mean, uh, yeah, we're doing content for you guys out there, but you guys are putting up with us for a few hours on the golf course. So thanks again. Yeah, really do appreciate it. So let's move into now PGA's back. Uh, Charles Schwab. Wow. <laughs> what is ha- the leaderboard? Like, what is happening right now on the leaderboard? I, I, was, I was, it was bananas. <laughs> well, it, what a field. Like, oh. top-end gol- golfers there all week. And, and just the way to see it was finished. You know, I know I texted you on Sunday afternoon and said, oh, my God, did you just see Morikawa when he lipped out two-and-a-half-footer? It which was cost nuts. him probably half a million dollars. And then take, you, yeah. you responded right back to me, Shoffley, and I, I, I said, what are you talking about? Because I, I didn't see it. And then I saw the the, the, the uh, replay of it, and I just, oh, my God. Like, what's going on <laughs> with these greens? 
Well, it was funny. So I, I'm, I'm watching. And so this morning, this long story short, is I'm, this morning I'm trying to place a bet. And, and in my head, what does I had answer? I had Connors and I had Shoffley. I was going to put money on, right, to win. And they were all right in there, top 20 guys, right? He was 77 to 1, wasn't he? Yeah. Like, well, that would be nice, eh? So anyhow, I try to do this thing. I do it incorrectly, I guess. And I spent three hours on the phone with the company. I got it back. But ended up maybe a good thing. But if Shoffley doesn't get a full 360 right back in his jaws, misses that one, I almost puked on the on the floor watching that thing. Like, I mean, maybe he wins. I, I think I was I would pay. I would have won 300 bucks on that. Great. But what, what was Burger paying? I, I didn't even check. Honestly, like, I, I, yeah, he kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, but I mean, it was just it was funny. It was not funny. It was kind of crazy how like, you watch those he putts. He makes like three bombs in a row. And then he like, I think it was like six and a half feet and it just snapped right back in his face. I was like, oh my, I felt so bad. My heart went to the bottom. I'm like, oh my God, I've been there 900,000 times. And then like you said, uh, Murakawa, whatever the hell his name is, same thing, but loses the tournament on a different different standpoint. Uh, and a lot of money on one putt. And then, you know, you see a guy like DeChambeau. Is he, he looks- the, is he on the juice? Man, it's great. Like I, I saw him walking up and down, and like his tummy was bouncing. Like, like I, I'm not fit by any means, but <laughs> My, I read 35 pounds of of muscle he put on, and he, it shows. He's he, a giant. He'd kill me or something. And he's just got such a different <laughs> swing. Uh, I mean, he he had a hell of a tournament too. But well, I was telling you, like his clubs are all the same size clubs. Right. It's it's crazy. Right. So today's segment of Off the Hustle is brought to you by Molson Coors. Keep your eyes peeled for a Coors Slice Lime. It's the refreshing taste of Coors with just a hint of lime. Or try the new smooth and clean taste of Coors Organic. 90 calories, 4 grams of carbs, and made with organic barley and hops. Molson Coors. Please drink responsibly. So quickly, I wanted to, I guess you maybe should have done this beforehand, but it's fine. The Corn Fairy Tour, three active cases. And caddies too, I think. Like that was, I saw that, I was like, oh my God. Like I feel like... Maybe the PGA, I mean, I, even talking to our guest today, we were texting via text before the show happened, and he's like, my roommate's waiting to get in to the tournament for the last six days. If someone got sick or got COVID, they're in. I don't think they got into the tournament, but like, that, that's crazy now that you're waiting now for someone <laughs> potentially to have it, and you're, now you're in, you're in the game. Well, and, you know, we, we talked to Kyle about it, and don't want to give away too much. You'll have to listen for the answers, but their, uh, their COVID guideline testing is quite Intense. Yeah. Well, and it's so I, I just, I mean, you just mentioned his name. So today our, our guest is uh, Kyle Peters, uh, PGA caddy for uh, Corey Connors. Weapon, beauty, first off. Um, I guess the story is before we got him on the show, like how I got it worked it out was at 6 a.m. before work, not want to be there. And I see him on Twitter has this like, looked at a 13 inch uh, swab break right down his nostril, down his throat. And he's like, hmm, it was not bad. I'm like, dude, it looks so uncomfortable. I was <laughs> like, yeah. Anyhow, so he great, uh, great guy for the show today. Um, tells a lot of his stories. Tells a lot of different stories that we don't know and that we don't get to see. He tells them, you know, even like uh, we won't give it away, but you know, like some of the payments and you know, like the artist book stuff. And like he made a joke that I thought was like legit an answer, but uh, it was it was a joke. And you'll hear me when I ask that question. But um, great interview, I think. Obviously with Kyle, um, Troy. You want to mention anything on on Kyle there before we send it all over to him? It was just nice getting some insight from a caddy. I mean, he's hanging around these players on a well, again, weekly basis. Yeah. And he he he's he mentioned the players he's got to play with, caddy with, and just to think. I know he was telling us a story 
a, a quick little giveaway about you know watching Tiger Woods on the driving range, you know bombing at 340 yards into a lake, over people's heads and over people's heads. Rory too, yeah, and then the Shambo and they're you know they're it's a lot of good insight for golf golf fanatics, especially from a caddy's point of view, because they see and hear a lot of things that the guys golfing and swinging the sticks don't see. So and they do a shit ton of work too. Uh, it's from, crazy. From what he like, was saying, that yardage book stuff, insane. <laughs> Um, but I mean, I don't know, maybe we'll, uh, let's send on over now to Kyle and, uh, we'll let all listeners uh, listen to this one. Enjoy everyone. This segment of off the hustle is brought to you by Brownies golf shop at the Royal Regina, Southern Saskatchewan's premier custom club fitters using flight scope and GC quad technology. Brownies golf shop will give you the high performance club fitting you need for that new driver or set of irons. Offering a full line of clubs featuring Titleist, Ping, Callaway, TaylorMade, Cobra, and Srixen at the best prices. Brownies Golf Shop, high-performance club fitting to help you enjoy the game. Contact Dean at RoyalRegina.com to book your fitting or yardage gapping appointment. Alrighty, today we have a very special guest. And about three hours ago, just got off the golf course, uh, resides in Charleston, um, South Carolina, home of the Charlestown Chiefs. He's 29 years of age. He's a caddy in the PGA and loops for Canadian Corey Connors. Without further ado, we are joined today by uh, Kyle Peters. Hello. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks for coming on the show today, Kyle. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, good to be here. So, what's, uh, yeah, we just we just mentioned three hours ago, four hours ago, you're looping away and cashing a nice little T19 check. Uh, how is that? You're back in the, the golf world. I mean, with this, obviously with COVID and whatnot, but you're back. What's going on? Yeah, it's... Uh... Man, it was so good to be back this week. I'm like the happiest I've been in three months, probably. It was just really good to get out there and um, first off, just see everybody. It's kind of like a small family out there, you know, so it's good to see everybody. And um, on top of that, Corey played well this week, so that's really nice. I mean, even if he didn't have a good week, you know, I'm still happy just to get back out there. And, and I'm sure everybody feels like that. And, you know, all the fans are happy, too, to have something to watch, I'm sure. So it's really nice to to be back yeah right on so i mean playing down in colonial no fans what was that like um it actually i mean i liked it it was like uh there was a little less a little less pressure kind of um it especially on sunday it, it was it was a little weird though like we played with justin rose today and he had a putt on the last hole to get into the playoff yeah and you know that if there was, if all the fans were there, the place would have been going crazy. And it was like, I'm standing next to his caddy and you just hear him go, oh, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it, it was really weird to not have the, the ooze and oz there. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, um, well, speaking of no fans, I was just curious. I mean, I'm, I'm sure the uh, provisional numbers went up this week for sure too. Hey. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. I mean, uh, I don't know. I guess NASCAR is like one of that's the only other sport and then there's like the korean baseball or whatever but we're the only uh main sport on tv right now which is great for golf and um you know growing the game and stuff like that so i'm I'm sure the numbers were pretty high this weekend so quickly let's chat about how we got you on the show today i'm on i'm on twitter at 6 a.m before work and i see this absolute fell at a nine foot swab going down your nose into your throat (laughs) and i'm like that looks brutal and um, yeah. let's walk us through that little uh, COVID test there. Yeah, there. Uh, so we had to do two of them um, before we traveled. I guess technically it wasn't 
required, but they rec- strongly recommended that we do a um, a saliva test. And what that was, they sent us a little like tube in the mail, and then we have like a, a video conference call with uh, a doctor, and they kind of like just tell you fill the tube up with all your spit. <laughs> just like sitting there looking at this person, and they're looking back at you, and you're like, "This is a little weird." But, <laughs> um, but yeah, and you're not supposed to like eat anything, drink anything, smoke anything, chew any gum for half an hour before. So um, I wasn't really, I mean, I took mine at like nine o'clock in the morning and I had, you know, I woke up and I had a couple cups of coffee and I didn't really think about it. And then next thing you know, I'm, I got to fill up this tube with all my spit and I'm like really dehydrated. So it took me a while to, you know, produce all that saliva and then for the rest of the day, I'm, I'm all dehydrated and everything. So the saliva test, actually, if you if you watch the video of that the nose swab or whatever, yeah, it looks a lot worse than it really was. Looks I would actually terrible. do the nose test over the saliva test because my mouth was so dry for the rest of that day, really. The nose test, um, they take that swab and they shove it up your nose, um, and it looks way worse than it really is it, was, it looks uh, like they're picking your brain <laughs> um yeah i think it did come pretty close to my brain um <laughs> but it really just tickled for a little bit and when they pulled it out i gagged a little bit and my eyes watered a lot but you were crying on the on a pain <laughs> yeah on a pain scale of one to ten i would give it a two really so th- yeah those were the i i would I mean, I'm sure a lot of people will disagree with me, but I would rather go with the nose test than the saliva test. Probably just because of how dehydrated I was when I took that one. And it wasn't a very good experience for the rest of the day. But, you know, for for future reference, I know what to do now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it didn't look fun by any means watching that. But uh, I want to backtrack here a little bit. Uh, Where were you born? What sports were you involved in besides golf? You mentioned off the record to me that you just picked up hockey. And also, when did you get into golf? Yeah, um... I was actually, I was born in Chattanooga, Tennessee, um, and we lived near there until I was about five years old, and and then we moved to Charleston, Um, and I actually, um, the house I live in now, I lived, after we won last year, I bought a house half a mile down the road from my parents, so I'm still in the same neighborhood I grew up. Um, Easy dinners. uh, Yeah, it's great. Uh, You know, if I'm ever lazy, I just, I can walk home, or, you know, if I if I need to take the dog for a walk, I just, you know, walk him down the street. My parents will babysit him, and I can do whatever I want. Um, but, yeah, I grew up uh, grew up in Charleston, and I the main sports I played growing up were baseball and golf. Um, and I got to I got to high school, and I kind of had to – they're the same, uh, same season sports, so I kind of had to make a choice there. And I went with golf, um, and – you know, I played a lot of junior golf, and through that, I got a college scholarship. I went to a junior college for two years, and then I went on to play at Robert Morris University in Pittsburgh. Um, and that's kind of through all the junior golf and the college golf and things like that. That's kind of how I made some connections and got into caddying. So, I was actually going to ask you if you could elaborate on how you got into the caddying. Like, what? What? Well, that- what I, I was going to ask you what made you get into caddying. What, what was what, yeah. was there a, a, a do- open door for you to go and caddy for somebody? Yeah, um, 
it, it was mainly just people that I had met, you know, growing up through junior golf and college. Um, and I actually started, it was the summer after my freshman year. It was the week of my 19th birthday. So I was really, really young. Um, and I just had some friends that, that played in some LPGA tournaments. And through them, you know, they just, I was like, oh, that'd be cool to caddy. How would I get into that? And they were like, oh, just drive down to, come down, come out to the tournament and we'll try to get you set up with somebody. So um, the summer after my freshman year, I drove down to Mobile, Alabama. Um, and they got me set up with the Monday qualifier. Her name was Libby Smith. Um, she, she played uh, probably like three, four, five years on the LPGA, kind of back and forth from there in the Symmetric Tour. She was a, a pretty good player. Um, and she was a great girl for, uh, for me to have a first week with, like she didn't care much about anything, you know, I kind of, you know, I made a few mistakes and she was like, Oh, it's not a big deal. You know, happy to have someone here carrying the bag, which was, I was, I'm really thankful to have somebody like that for my first gig. That was really nice. Right. Um, yeah. And so that's, that's kind of how I got my start. So you got your start with the LPGA. Uh, how many stops did you have to make before you made it up to the PGA tour? So let's see. That first summer, I think I did I did two LPGA events and and two Symmetra Tour events, um, and then I guess I went back to I went back to school. And coming up on that next summer, I was getting ready to just go back out on the LPGA. I was going to drive up to um, Atlantic City where the LPGA was, and I was kind of going to try and do the same thing, just get a Monday qualifier or whatever. Um, and I was. I was I had packed up the night before to drive to Atlantic City, and I got a phone call from another friend, and they were like, "Hey, um, I've got a girl out here in Iowa on the Symmetra tour, and she needs a caddy. Would you be interested?" And I'm like, "Okay, yeah, I'll do that instead." <laughs> so I just changed all my plans. Instead of going up to Atlantic City, I drive out to Iowa, um, and that girl was Veronica Fellerbert. I ended up working for her for um, about four years, kind of on and off, but um, I worked for her. Um, let's see. And then from there, I kind of bounced around with a few other girls. And then I got a, a job offer to go on to the web.com tour. And I worked for Scott Harrington for a year. Nice. Um, and then he, he actually finished the year a hundred on the web.com money list. So he had to go back to Q school. He didn't improve his status. So he really didn't have much. Um, and after that year, I had, I got to know a lot of the guys in the web.com tour that were going, you know, up to the PGA tour guys that were playing in the Monday qualifiers. So, um, after that year I went back to Veronica and I was kind of like, if I'll caddy for you on the Symmetra tour, um, she, she had been up and down from the LPGA. So she was back down on the Symmetra tour. I was like, I'll caddy for you out there, but I want to be able to go and do some Monday qualifiers on the PGA. And obviously if I get work, I want to work out there. Um, so I was kind of, I was picking up Monday qualifiers on the PGA here and there. And through doing that, I, I got linked up with Steve Lowry. Um, and Steve at that time was in like his mid fifties. So he was kind of done playing on the PGA tour. Uh, he was on the champions tour. So I went and worked a year with him on the champions tour. Um, and after being out there for a year, I kind of realized, you know, the same thing when I was on the LPGA, I was like, I'm not going to get to the PGA tour from being on the LPGA, you know, and now I'm working for the seniors. There's not really a way for me to get to the PGA from being out here. So after me and Steve split up, 
Um, the PGA Tour was in the playoffs. The, the Web.com Tour was in the playoffs. So my only other options were either go work for a buddy of, my, buddy of mine down on the Latin Tour or go just work Q schools and try to just break even, really. Right. Um, so I was like, you know what, I guess I'll – and, and actually, I was already planning on working for my buddy. Steve had a week off before we split up. And I was already planning on working for my buddy in, I think it was like Nicaragua. So I already had my flight down there to go work for him. And um, me and Steve split up. I flew down to Nicaragua, and I told him, I was like, yeah, I really got nothing right now. And he's like, well, just work the next four or five tournaments for me down here. And I was like, all right, perfect. You know, at least. You know, working in a tournament with the purse, I could, I have a chance of making some money. You know, instead of yeah. doing the Q schools where you're just breaking even. So I, I worked for this guy for the, you know, four or five events on the Latin tour. We did Q school, um, and then the following year, I went back on the Web.com tour. Um, I worked for Chris Nagel for the first half of the year. He was kind of um, getting in tournaments and not getting in tournaments. So then uh, I went to Nick Thompson. And I worked the rest of that year with Nick, and at the end, and that's the year that I got to know Corey. I think that was like 2016 or 17. Um, and as soon as he got his PJ Tour card, um, I got the phone call to go work for him. So that's when we started. I think it was 2017. We've been been together for almost three years now. This is our third season together. Well, so I, I can cross off kinda, that next question because I was just going to ask you how you and Corey first got together. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's uh, we met out there. I was kind of when I was on the Web.com tour, I was making just these little like handmade greens books. Now they have the real ones out there, but I would paste like every five yards, and I would put a level down, and I'd mark it in the book, and I would sell it to guys for like fifteen or twenty bucks. And Corey would get one every week, so that's how we got to know each other. Wow, that's crazy. Well, before I mean, obviously you just talked about the guys you've been caddying for. Before you got into caddying, I mean, were you working at PB Mart or like, what were you doing before? Like, like, what, like, was there like ever a, you know, hey, if I, if this doesn't work out, I have to like, you know, go work yeah. at the nine to five. Yeah, I uh, let's see, when I was nothing against PB Mart, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I was in college, I delivered pizzas at a few places, um, and this was like kind of during the winter time. There's no caddying, and what I would do is I would. I would save up my absences because I played on the golf team too. So I would never take a sick day. And I wasn't like, I was like on the verge. I was like number five, number six player, kind of on the verge of making yeah. the starting lineup and not making it or whatever. So I would save up all my absences. I wasn't playing every tournament. And I, I figured out that like, if I didn't take any sick days, I could pretty much have uh, two events that I could caddy each semester. So in the fall, I would caddy like, you know, one tournament and I would do the Q school and then in the spring I would do another couple tournaments. But main, like it's always been mainly caddying. Like I, I worked uh, at a, co- a couple country clubs in Pittsburgh. I worked at Oakmont and Swickley Heights. So, um, sorry, sorry, Kyle, I, when you're working down like uh, at those country clubs, like were you guys gambling down like uh, below like the, what they say, like where the caddies hang out? really i mean i i really didn't uh i mean i was so young and i was like you know 19 20 years old and a lot of those caddies are 
Heritage has been there for 20 years. Yeah. So they kind of just hang out in their own little clique. And I'm just in the corner. I'm like, you know, I've been out the night before. I'm still in college. So I go out on a Friday night. It's Saturday morning. And I got to wake up early. And I'm just like sitting in the corner. Like, just get me, get me somebody. <laughs> get me out of here. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, there was the, you know, club caddying and, and delivering pizzas. I think those were my two main jobs when I was in school outside of caddying on tour. Okay, so I know Troy and I are both very curious of this one. Um, we need some good stories from a caddy's perspective, you know, day-to-day life, you're on the course. Like, what are some of the the best and some of the worst that, that you've seen in your uh, your caddying career thus far? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll give you the PG version. It's just like mainly just the travel is crazy. Um, when you're in the United States, it's not as bad, you know, when you're United States, Canada, whatever, but like when I went down on the Latin tour and the what in the corn Ferry tour plays down there a lot. The PGA goes down there a little bit, but just like the logistics of getting around are crazy. I mean, I, when I went to, uh, Nicaragua, like I flew into, I think the name of the city was Tola. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but we take a two hour. Sounds drive. right. We rented a, <laughs> we rent a car and we take a two-hour drive down to this, like, beach resort, and then we get there, and, you know, like, the caddies are obviously not staying in the five-star resort. We're staying in the hostel on the beach. <laughs> um, and so this hostel that we're staying in, it's like you go a mile down a dirt road, and then you go straight uphill for another mile, and you're at the resort. And one of those nights, it started to, a huge thunderstorm came through, and I didn't think much of it, and I'm my roommate that week was from Argentina and it's like three o'clock in the morning and he, he rolls over and he wakes me up. Why are you waking me up? He's like, Hey, my friend, the roads may be no good tomorrow. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, it's fine. It's just, it's like a thunderstorm. You know what I mean? And it, I mean, it was, it was a big storm. Like we're sleeping under a tin roof and you hear the rain coming down. So we wake up at, you know, five o'clock in the morning and First off, he left the windows down, so the whole car is flooded. Um, so then we get on this dirt road, and it kind of splits into a fork. And one side either goes down kind of into a ditch, and you drive back up. And the other side's got a bridge that goes over the top of it. So the one side that goes down is flooded, and then the bridge side has a tree that's falling across it. So we can't drive the car through here now. And I'm like, what do we do? Do we move the like can we move the tree and he's like no there might be snakes it's not safe like, <laughs> you need to run, run. <laughs> I'm, like, no. I'm like no <laughs> what you know so i like walk around these these trees and i end up hitchhiking with a local i get in the back of this guy's truck and he drives me to the bottom of the hill and then from there it's like a mile straight uphill and i've never missed a tee time i've never been late and i'm like running up this hill and a couple of players like pull up next to me They're like, Hey, you need a ride? And I'm like, yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm cutting it close. And I hop in with him. I get up to the course and there's like a delay for debris all over the course or whatever. So I made it on time, but just stuff like that. And there, like there was another time where, you know, we're in the middle of nowhere and there's no gas stations down there. So I'm like, <laughs> it gets to the end of the week and I'm like, Hey, we need to get gas. And my buddy's like, Oh, okay. I'll go ask some people. And he goes and knocks on a door and the guy comes to the door. He's like, Oh yeah, I'll help you. And he brings out a two liter 
and a hose, and he siphoned the gas into the tank. <laughs> <laughs> Just like crazy stuff like that is, is, you know, things you'll never see up here in the U.S. really or Canada. But, right. yeah, those are a few of the crazy things. So, Kyle, you know you know our cousin Dale is a caddy for uh, Abraham Answer on PGA Tour. Um, something yeah. something I'm curious about, and maybe some of our listeners, how do you as a caddy work out your monthly or yearly salary with with, with your with your player? Like, how how does that work? Yeah, it's. Um, I guess every, everybody's different, um, and, and and players paying you know different ways some players pay every week other players pay it bi-weekly or quarterly things like that um but i think it's just a negotiation you know the, the whenever the player figures out that he needs a caddy you know he, he talks to the caddy and it's just between you two kind of um i mean the, the normal deal is they'll they'll kind of pay like a stipend uh that, that's kind of a common question you know do you pay for your expenses or whatever uh the the best way I explain it is like the player gives you a stipend kind of um, let, for the week. Like per diem, right? Correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Like per diem. Um, and you can kind of go off of that however you want. You know, if you want to stay in a cheap hotel and get the worst rental car you can get and eat at McDonald's every night, you can make you can make some money off make your Make some per diem. bank. <laughs> but, but if you want to, you know, live comfortably, then, you know, you can do that too. So it's kind of up to you. But then, the main way that we make our money is off the percentages. Um, you know, there's tons of different percentages. Some guys do like 5% for a cut, 7 for a top 10, a 10 for a win. Others do like 6, 8, 10, 7, 8, 10, things like that. Um, I've worked with guys before where they didn't want to pay me as much for the week, so I take a little bit off the week, but then I go a little bit higher on the percentages. There was one guy I worked for. You know, he, he wanted to go lower on the weekly, so I upped the percentages. I was like, I'll do 10% for the cut and 12 for a top 10 or something like that. Right. So it, it just depends on, on who you are, kind of what your player wants to pay and things like that. And, you know, when you, when you get on the PGA Tour, um, there's all sorts of different bonuses. I've heard of guys that do, like, the player will give their caddy, for every bogey-free round, they'll give their caddy 100 bucks. You know, <laughs> things like that. There's... Just little random things that just depends on the player and, and what they want to do. So. so you knowing Dale, I guess if uh, he'd be rich eating bacon and Domino's, eh? Oh, yeah, he loves it. He loves that stuff. He eats like a kid, that's for sure. Well, <laughs> Chicken so fingers and french fries, no condiments. <laughs> sounds like me. <laughs> so, speaking of that, though, I'm yeah, just runs, curious. Uh, sorry, Kyle. I was just... in the family, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just curious. I mean, Troy brought that up perfectly right now. What is it? I mean, day in the life of a caddy consists of. I mean, we follow obviously Abe and Dale, and we they travel in different schedules. But I mean, how often are you going to you know fly home to you know practice with Corey, or are you there on the practice facility with him? Like, what does your day look like from a Thursday to Sunday on a normal PGA yeah. Tour year? I guess too. Yeah. Right. Not getting your nose yeah, right. uh, jammed with a swab down your throat. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. now now it's like you get there, first thing you do is just take the test, and then you got to wait on your results and all that. But in a normal year, um, kind of depends on the course that we're playing. If it's a course that, that Corey's never seen and I've never seen, I like to get there before he does, and, and I like to walk it before he sees it. And that way I can go out and I can kind of help him visualize the targets off the tee. 
um, and it just gives him a little bit extra time to process that information. So I try to get there as soon as I can on Monday, get out and walk it before he does. Um, Monday we might play nine holes or he might play in a pro-am, kind of just depends on the week. Tuesday is normally a busy day where we'll practice and we'll play 18 holes. Um, Wednesday, and, and Tuesday can kind of depend on what the schedule is for Wednesday because you've got pro-ams on Wednesday. If it's an 18-hole pro-am, he might play nine holes Monday, nine holes Tuesday, and 18 Wednesday, something like that. Right. Um, so, so we've got the pro-ams on Wednesday. Sometimes those are nine or 18, um, and then we'll practice a little bit too. And then the tournament starts Thursday. Um, if it's a morning tee time, we'll get there, warm up for about an hour, play our 18 holes. Um, if it's, you know, kind of depends, you know, if it's our fourth week in a row, he might not practice afterwards. If it's a hundred degrees, he probably won't practice afterwards. Um, but you know, there, it, it changes every week kind of, but just depends on the weather, you know, what, what week of the stretch we're in. Um, and then for the afternoon rounds, um, I like to kind of – I can't sleep in too late. I get a little anxious. I'm normally up by like 8 or 8.30. I'll get breakfast and then um, go through my yardage book, kind of look at the wind directions and the whole locations, things like that. And then um, if I have enough time, sometimes I, I'll go out and I'll walk the course and I'll watch balls bounce and kind of learn from other players hitting shots. Right. Um, but there's also the PGA Tour Live, you know, I could also just lay in bed and watch that and a lot of the times get the same information. Uh, just kind of depends how I feel in the morning. If I feel like being active and getting out and do something, then I'll go out and walk the course. Um, and then, you know, play. And uh, if it's an afternoon round, there's not really ever practice afterwards. And then the weekend hopefully same routine we're playing late and and i do that saturday and sunday as well so that's kind of the the normal week and then if we're playing the next week and it's a course that he hasn't seen i try to get on a flight out of there sunday night uh and be at the course first thing monday morning to go check it out um you know now it's a little different with the charters that the players are on they're flying out tomorrow at nine or ten o'clock in the morning and they're not flying straight to hilton head they're flying to savannah and then from there, you know, it's an hour, hour and a half drive up to Hilton Head. They got to get tested and all this stuff. So for me, I'm I'm lucky tomorrow. Corey's not really doing anything, so I get I'm flying home to Charleston. It's like an hour and a half or two hours from Hilton Head, so I'm gonna fly home. Um, I got a few things I got to do around around the house, um, and then I'll see him Tuesday morning. So that's kind of. So you just mentioned that these guys are all going to get up, have to get tested when they go to Georgia. Is is that is that mandated now? Every tournament for the rest of the year, players have to be tested at each and every golf course. It's uh, it's not guaranteed for the rest of the year, but it definitely is for the time being. Um, are you going to put another video on? <laughs> I, I think one was enough, <laughs> but uh, the other thing, like. Yesterday, so any person that's on the charter yesterday had to take the saliva test again. So, like, they took they took a test last week, the saliva test. They get here Monday, they had to take a, a swab test. And then yesterday, so Saturday, they have to take the saliva test again. Um, and then you land, you get there on Monday, you got to take another nose test. So you're taking 
two tests every week pretty much um yeah so that's the the itinerary i guess you would say for them that, that's crazy um yeah it, it sucks i mean but uh it is what it is you know everybody's i guess that's the precautions the tour has to take they're being as safe as they can and they want to make sure that we're healthy as well so they're they put a lot of precautions out there for us and kind of recommended the healthy things that we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing things like that so. right off the hosel and inside the clubhouse are proudly sponsored now by Last Mountain Distillery. Saskatchewan's first micro distillery is family owned and operated, located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. Our success lies in our commitment to producing high quality handcrafted spirits. Our signature products include Saskatchewan's best selling, naturally infused Dale Pickle Vodka, our naturally infused organic cherry whiskey, apple pie moonshine, and more. Our craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Visit us in Lumsden or watch for our full lineup of products at your favorite local retailer. Uh, Kyle, like, you, you've caddied on multiple, tour, multiple tours. Um, we're just curious, who are some of the players that you've got to watch over the years that, you know, you've seen them swing the sticks and you're going, yep, that that player is going to the show. He's going to be on the PGA Tour. Like, who are some of the players that you got to watch, you know, in the minor leagues of golf, I guess, coming up? Yeah, uh, well, I'll give you that. I'll tell you this. There's, I've had, like, two moments on the driving range on the PGA Tour where I've sat back and I've watched players hit balls, and I'm like, holy crap, this is, like, unbelievable. And one was uh, the year that Corey played well at Valspar, um, I think we were like the last couple feet. It was us and Tiger on the driving range, and we're on the range and probably about 320 yards out, maybe maybe 330 is a lake on the other end of the range, and Tiger's just flying balls out <laughs> into the lake out there. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. You know, you just sit back and you watch that. And then today, actually, um, we were next to Rory and Bryson on the driving range, and the, the range set up here in, at Colonial um, – there's two different sides and, and a lot of players will hit you got to drive the cart out to the range and you'll drive past the back end of the range first and you can either hit there or you can drive all the way down to the other side which is where you're, the normal side of the range where everybody the members hit i guess is so we're on the the normal side of the range and they've got the tees kind of moved up and rory hits his first driver and he, and he just yells four because it's going to fly right into the guys on the other side of the range. <laughs> That's a big T-ball right there. <laughs> so then him and, him and Bryson both moved back like 30 yards to the, like underneath the trees, and they're hitting drivers from back there, and they're, not, they're still – they have to aim left of all the players. They're carrying it like 340 or 350, and I'm just sitting here like, this is incredible. <laughs> like <laughs> To sit back and watch that, that's pretty cool. Um, but as far as guys that I've kind of watched, you know, make their way up to the PGA Tour, um, when I was caddying on a Latin Tour, I remember one day I actually had lunch next to Corey. So he was playing down there when I caddied there. I, I didn't know him at the time, but I remember having lunch next to Corey. Uh, Lonto Griffin was playing out there. Um, Bobby Diaz. Abe, Abe, actually, I remember caddying on the web.com tour when he was out there um scott harrington you know i worked for him 
uh, Justin Thomas and Daniel Berger, too, my first year on the web. Those guys were out there, too. So I've seen a lot of the guys, you know, go through that tour and, and make it up and do well. So I'm curious, Kyle, here. I mean, like our cousin D- Dale one time uh, wrote me up a yard book one time for me. And, like, I used to, I, I always carry one still when I play my advance, and it's from what he gave me, and it was, like, done in, like, three hours compared to, like, I only imagine. Basically, what my question is, how much work and preparation goes into a yard book for, you know, Corey and yourself? Like, do you keep all the same ones from the years past? I mean, what? Like, how much homework are you doing? I mean, he's worried about hitting the yeah. golf ball, but, I mean, how much work are you doing on the on the back end there? Yeah, the, um, the, the best way I could put it is the lower level of tour that you go on, the more work that you have to do for the yardage book. Like, you go down to the Latin tour, and it's just, like, you know, red – it's like the red thing in the middle of the fairway for the hundred yard marker, white, blue, and that's it. <laughs> you know, and it might have a couple yardages to like trees and stuff. And you got to go out and you got to find like all the front numbers and things like that. So when you're on the lower level tours, it's a lot more work there. When you get yeah. to the PGA tour, all the information you need is pretty much there. The main thing that you double check is like, sometimes we'll get to a course and there's all the sprinkler heads are blank. So, you have to go out and you have to figure out what we'll do is we'll take a Sharpie and we'll write A, B, C on the sprinkler heads. And that way we know exactly which head is, you know, whatever distance to the front edge. of the You green. guys do that? Like just uh, you two do that? Yeah. Um, it, a lot. Yeah. I mean, guys do that, but whoever's the first person out to walk the course, they'll mark all the, the blank heads. And then that's pretty cool. When I go, when I go out and walk, you know, later on the week, you know, I go up to those heads and I just mark down whatever they put on that head. So that way I know. I thought, um, I thought you were going to say you go and change them. Yeah, you could really <laughs> screw with someone there. <laughs> you could, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could. Uh, a lot of caddies are like, why don't they just mark the number on the head? And I'm like, well, if I went out and I just marked the number on the head, I'm doing the work for 150 guys. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to work. A, B, C, and I'm going to do my my job. You know, I'm not I'm not working for everybody else. I'm working for yeah. Corey. That's my thought on it. A lot of guys are different. A lot of people think you should put the number on, but that's my thought. Um, do you guys use a bush nail too, like, Cal? Like not not oh, during tournament what, play, but like when you're walking, are you using a bush nail or, or a laser? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah Every right. caddy on tour has got a laser, and they're using it during the practice rounds. Um, and then, like, the, the other thing you asked, I guess it's about the notes that I take in the yardage books. Um, every every single shot that Corey hits, I mark down how far, well, if it's a, I mark down what he hits off the tee, the wind direction, uh, and then for the approach shots, I write down what we had to the front, how far on the green it is, um, how far up or down it plays. I don't want to be a caddy uh, anymore. <laughs> That's intense. Yeah, so I've got all... I've, <laughs> I've got all this information. If he burps twice on the tee, like, I got it. <laughs> Come on. Um, Seriously? No, I'm just, oh. no, I'm not about that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I record every single shot he hits, all of his putts. I record, you know, if he misses high side or low side, uh, things like that. Um, and a lot of the time he doesn't really ask for that stuff. But, you know, there might be two or three times around where he does and, that's kind of my job to be ready with an answer. So I, I record everything, and then uh, each year you'll get to a tournament. Like this was our third year playing Colonial, 
And what I do is I cut out my notes from the from the previous years, and I I glue them into the new yardage book because sometimes you know the front numbers will change and things like that. So I've got every shot that he's hit at Colonial for the last three years. I've got it in the book, pretty much. That's crazy. So last year, April, you and Corey are at a Monday qualifier for the Valero Texas Open. Uh, week's end, you guys are the champs. Explain that to our listeners, what those feelings were like that we're going through and, and the memories of that. Yeah. Um, to be honest, when we, when we finished that Monday qualifier, um, we made like a 30 footer on our last hole to finish it four under. And I didn't even think four under was going to be enough for a playoff. And I, I'm like, I had a fight booked uh, for probably like an hour and a half after we made that putt. And I remember walking off that green, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. And I look at the – I refresh the scoreboard, and I'm like, oh, we're in a playoff. All right, so now i got to change that flight. <laughs> and we get in the playoff, and it's like six for one. Um, and everybody else kind of lays up off the tee. And Corey, Corey is probably uh, – out of all the people in that playoff, he was probably the most experienced PGA pro, I guess, or professional, whatever. Um, and so to him, it's like, you know, if we play aggressive and we don't get into this tournament, it's not the end of the world. You know, we've got, we're playing tournaments all year long, so it's not that big a deal. We get to go home. So we played it pretty aggressive. We hit three wood off that tee, and we're like 30 yards past everybody else. Um, and we hit it up to five, six feet. We make birdie, and then we're in. Um, nice. So we were just happy to be. We're just happy to be playing in that tournament. Um, and we had a couple of decent rounds at the beginning of the week. And then Saturday we had a, another good round and everything just happened so fast. Um, and next thing you know, we're, we landed in Augusta and it's, uh, two o'clock in the morning, Sunday night. So it was, uh, it was an awesome experience. It was, it's, it was really cool to look back on that and think about that. So. Alrighty, off to our segment now. Questions from the gallery sponsored by Player Golf. Be sure to use the promo code off the hosel fifteen for fifteen percent off of your orders. That's off the hosel fifteen for fifteen percent off of your orders. Alrighty, Kyle, we got a few questions here for you now from our from the gallery. So my first one is, and I know I know Troy wants to ask this one, but I'm gonna do it. So uh, your biggest oh my god moment on the tour, like in a bad way, like a bad read, club choice, and you're just yep. like sweating. Let's walk us through one of those. Yep. Okay, yeah, I know exactly which one it is. And it was at the Masters on the 10th hole. <laughs> the biggest tournament of the year. Um, and that, so this was last year when they had made that new rule where you couldn't stand behind the player's line. Yeah. Um, and I normally have a really good sense of Corey's timing and when he's going to hit a golf shot and whatnot. Um, and so we're, we're paired with Tony Finau. I can't remember what day it was. I think it might have been Saturday. Yeah, it was definitely Saturday. Um we're on the 10th hole, and Corey hits it out of the greenside bunker on the right. There's like a front left pin. So I get in there to rake the bunker, and I'm being very, very particular about how I'm raking this bunker. You know, you don't want to do a bad rake job at Augusta. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm in the bunker, and it, it happens really quick. Like, he was set up over – next thing you know, I look up. I pop my head up, and he's over the ball. And I'm like, geez, that was really fast. So then I kind of like – hustle over to the side of the bunker and he hits his putt and then so I finish raking the bunker and I get out of the bunker and um, a rules official is walking out onto the green as the guys are tapping in and me and uh, 
Tony Finau and Caddy look at each other. I'm like, oh, my God, no, no, not right now. You know, he's going to come out and call us for this penalty. And he's like, hey, uh, you guys are getting a little bit behind pace, so this is your warning. And I'm like, I walk off the green, and I, and I get next to Tony's caddy. I'm like, did you see that? And he's like, yeah, dude, that, that was really close. <laughs> so that, that was uh, one of the, the – big moments i guess an oh shit moment you would call it <laughs> <laughs> so bill yeah. bill chimed in on the twitter page and he wants to know is bryson DeChambeau on the juice he looks like a bodybuilder swinging those sticks this past week <laughs> i do not think he's on the juice he uh that was bill's question not few, mine I've, I've heard a few different things like has he just gotten fat or like has he put some muscle on and i could see a little bit of both like he's He's put a lot of muscle on, but he also like he's kind of got a gut now. He's, you know, that, that's my yep. opinion. <laughs> Probably crushing the protein shakes, I guess that's for sure. <laughs> um, okay, Kyle, this is a good one here. I think from a lot of people actually ask this question: How hard is it, as a caddy the change from you know meters to yards? You know, obviously, when you're on the European tour at the time, and then obviously moving to the PGA, like how, how difficult is that? Um, I've thankfully i've never worked for a player that's worked in meters um i i do have buddies that have done it and and what they do is they just make like a little chart in their in their yardage book um i think the conversion is you guys are canadian so you should know this better than i should it's what right, so a meter is a longer step than a yard so okay ready there's three feet in the yard yeah so it's if you go meters, it's basically 10% less than yards. So, like, if I'm doing quick math, if we're, like, down in South America or if we're over in Europe and there's meters on the golf course, I just add 10% to get the yardage. But I've never had to, like, do that in tournaments. You're pulling out a calculator on the course? <laughs> yeah. yeah so like, that's what guys do is, like, they make this chart and they use the calculator and they figure it out and then that way you don't have to do all the math on the course you just have the numbers right in front of you so what's the most uh quotation fun city on the pga tour the most fun city that's a good question uh you know i i think las vegas um (laughs) yeah i guess i'm gonna go with vegas just you know, there's always something to do there. Now, you don't have to go out and, and party every night, but there's always gambling. You got shows, nice dinners, things like that. Um, I also, I really liked Tokyo last year. We, we got to play over in Japan, and they had a really, really good sushi spot there. The, the seafood over there is really good. So I like Tokyo and Vegas. So is that your answer to the next question I just had written down? What's the best food stop on the PGA Tour? Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Tokyo and... South Korea was also good, too. They had some good food there. Um, and, and that was a fun place, too. We kind of did some uh, – I did some hiking when I was there and kind of explored a little bit. Got to explore the whole Jeju Island. And they had a casino. I got to explore that as well with Dale. <laughs> uh, really good time there. You must have, like, Phil Mickelson calves. You work and walk five days a week, and then you go out hiking after? <laughs> yeah, no chance. Yeah, my, mine aren't. Mine aren't as chiseled as his. Those. His are pretty, pretty uh, spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
Uh, who chimed in here? Rick wants to know, what's the most fun thing about being a caddy on the PGA Tour? Um, let's see. I think the travel is the best part and the worst part. Obviously, um, you get to see all these different cool different cities. Um, but at the same time, you're gone so much, you know, you're away from, from home 30 weeks a year, so you're not getting to see your family and friends back home. So I think that's the best and the worst part. And then also, uh, it goes along with the travel, just being able to hang out with all your buddies. You know, you got 150 players and 150 caddies. Obviously, the caddies, you know, I hang out with the caddies more than players. Um, But those guys are a lot like family. So it's uh, another reason I was really happy to be back this week. The camaraderie is is, uh, pretty special out here. Um, And just getting to travel with all your, your best friends is a lot of fun. So, Kyle, I'm curious for this question here. Um, what is, you know, Corey's, like, what is he doing, you know, every event? You know, what, what does your range session look like? Uh, chipping area? Like, yeah, I mean, does that change on the event? I mean, what are you doing there? I think he uh, he sticks to a, a pretty normal routine. Uh, kind of depends if, if, his, if he works with Derek Ingram, who's the Canadian national coach. Um, if he comes... It's, it's normally a lot. They're working hard. They're working all day together. Um, we'll go this week. Um, let's say it's uh, let's say it's Wednesday. So we put so we show up Wednesday and we hit balls for thirty minutes before the round. You know, um, chip for twenty minutes and putt for twenty minutes before the round. Uh, and then after the round, it's it, it might be a little bit longer on the range, 45 minutes to an hour. And yeah. then I would say half an hour chipping and half an hour putting, something like that. So it's, he's not grinding too hard. This week, it, you know, it was so hot. It was like 100 degrees. It kind of, it depends on the weather. But um, Corey's such a good ball striker. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't need to work on his chipping as much. So um, that might not be the best advice for amateurs or whatever. The short game is probably the spot that you can gain the most strokes but Corey's ball striking is so good he doesn't have to work a ton on chipping um i think his main focuses are um gaining strokes on the putting green and then just grooving his swing he's such a good ball striker he doesn't need to make changes very often so he just kind of grooves his swing um and it works on the putting a lot too so I'm curious, uh, what's your handicap, and could you beat Corey in a match play event, one on one? No, there's no <laughs> chance I can beat Corey. <laughs> uh, this is a this is a debatable question. Uh, you could go. To, I don't keep a real handicap. I I think my legit handicap is like a five or six. When we when me and Dale first started playing, I was like, dude, I'm an eight. <laughs> I'm not that good. <laughs> And Dale's like, this, no, this is so messed up. You're not an eight, you're a two. And it Only just, 20 is sandbagger. Like, Uh-oh. <laughs> I, I, well, I don't play that often. Like, you know, there will be like months where I don't play. And I could come back and I could shoot 75 or I could shoot 90. Like, it's anywhere in between. So it's really hard to say. But I think, like, the last couple times I've gone out and played with my buddies, I've played to a five handicap. That's what I say I am. 
Sounds like you and I might be able to golf together there, Kyle. Not Drew. Yeah, he, he's a little bit better than me. But uh, Mike, Mike on Instagram wants to know, it's kind of a two-parter. He says, caddying on the PGA, who are some of the beauties you love hanging out with? And who are some of the guys you just kind of, you know, stay away from? Call those guys pigeons. Uh-huh. Just, reading que- <laughs> just reading the question. I'll probably avoid the second part of that question. I'll avoid the pigeons. Uh, you can probably guess for yourself who those guys are. <laughs> we'll talk about uh, it off air. <laughs> yeah, uh, the guys I love hanging out with, I love hanging out with Dale. Dale's like family to me. So that's why I, when, when, uh, when you guys text me to come on, that's why I came on. Um, but yeah, I love hanging out with Dale. Um, Aaron Fleener's a really funny guy. Dave Stone. I mainly hang out with caddies. Uh, Aaron Fleener caddies for JT Poston. Um, Dave Stone right now caddies for Bo Hogue. He's a he's a good buddy of mine. We met the first week yeah. that I started caddying, so we've so we've known each other for ten years. Um, as far as players that I think are like really funny. Uh, Adam Long lives down the street from Corey, and he's hilarious. He has kind of a, a little different sense of humor, but he's hilarious. I love talking with him and messing with him. Uh, Joel Damon is a really funny guy. His caddy Gino, he's hilarious. Um, those are so those. Are, I guess those are a few of the the beauties. Abe Abe's a great guy too. Um, love seeing him. What's he giving you? A free Fletcher Azul. <laughs> Yeah, I got. Yeah, that's it. Just because he gave me the free bottle. I got <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I have one here, Kyle, for you. I mean, I'm curious now too. What um, what is Corey eating pregame meal, after round, and, and even even after nine, he's grabbing a hot dog and you know, a coke. And what are you eating before a game? Um, Corey, let's see. Yeah, call him for lunches. Yeah. <laughs> lunches it's whatever's in player dining which is always really nice stuff it's you know it's there's healthy options it's like salmon steak chicken stuff like that so he's probably always eating that stuff and then when he goes out to dinner he is he's a big foodie so like i'll be like what'd you do for dinner last night and he'll be like oh man i had a 16 ounce ribeye with a a nice carrot that was glazed in honey dressing and he had described everything like he's a big food guy so he's really into whatever he eats he, he loves uh a nice steak seafood um yeah any any fine dining he he likes it i'm a lot more laid back like this week chipotle six days a week that's it <laughs> <laughs> but cory cory loves a nice steak and he loves some seafood and he's really in whatever he orders he's really into it and he he'll come back the next day and he describes every single piece of the meal you know come back and be like yeah i had you know vanilla ice cream with this chocolate glazed over the top of it with whatever you know it's coconut sprinkles like he describes everything perfectly so he loves his food that's funny because graham actually mentioned that when he was on the was at the time the web or the nationwide uh the and the Canadian tour the food lacked to and then obviously when the pga got you guys get treated pretty well there from the different tours not i mean not a knock on those tours it's just kind of funny how you just said Corey's eating yeah. like steak and lobster like uh anyhow. yeah exactly yeah yeah so what's your what's your favorite thing to do when you're not on the golf course let's see um for the past month 
South, South Carolina has kind of eased their restrictions with this coronavirus deal. And for the past month, I've been out on the boat a lot. Um, so I, lo- I love going on the boat, being out on the water, uh, going to the beach. And I'm, I'm really getting into hockey now. Corey's really rubbed off on me as far as that goes. So I've been playing. Uh, Who's your team? PlayStation. Um, Pittsburgh would be my team. I, just because I went to school there. I run a rec uh, team. You I can come play for us. <laughs> I would love to. Uh, Corey probably, you know, his schedule's busy, so I probably wouldn't be able to. But, <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I, I just finished getting all my equipment. Um, so whenever we're done, when the caddies are done being tested, and I think it's, like, safe to actually – the rinks just opened up um, this past week in Charleston. League. They've uh, they've given me some sticks, some gloves, the pants, all that stuff. So they've helped me get all my gear together. Um, so I'm really looking forward to being able to do that. I, I actually went with Dale in Vegas. I went with him and his roommate, Kurt, the caddies for Cameron Champ. And that was my first open skate where I actually got to shoot some pucks and things like that. So I'm really looking forward to did, being did, able to do that. Did you know Dale used to be a goalie? The Medicine Hat Stars? And he, and he wasn't lot. very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, uh, man, the, the day that we went to skate, I don't think, I mean, I, I put all the pads on, and he had his Edmonton Oilers homemade jersey, <laughs> and he had his socks pulled up over his jeans. He didn't put the pants on and went out and skated around. It was, it was a lot of fun when I went out there with him. Um, okay, quick one here for you. Um, favorite bevy after a round for yourself, and if, if you can say what uh, Corey has after a round as well. Let's see. Um, alcoholic or non-alcoholic? Uh, let's I'm do both. Alcoholic, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> alcoholic. Currently, I'm drinking a White Claw, a Black Cherry. Oh, dynamite. Um, Had last dynamite. Night. Had last night. Brutal. Uh, well, by the way, no free ads, so we'll cut that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then non-alcoholic, I would probably just water. It's, I don't know. It, it gets hot. Sometimes you get dehydrated. The water's good after a round. <laughs> so, at, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Corey, probably the same. Water after a round. Maybe a Coors Light if he's feeling adventurous. <laughs> oh, there you go, Davy Stewart. A little Molson. Plug. It's a Molson pod. None of that white claw <laughs> shit. Get that out of here. <laughs> So, Kyle, you, you, you being a caddy, um, I mean, you get to watch a lot of great golfers um, you, for years and years and years. Who is, for you, a caddy that you got to work alongside that you, you know, you looked up to or thought, wow, I can't believe I'm working with this guy today? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Hmm. Somebody that I really look up to. You know, I've been out with Steve Williams. And I've been out with Fluff. Um, and don't get me wrong, they're really good at what they do. I I, I really enjoy my time out with Fluff. Steve Williams, um, he's kind of, um, he does his own thing and doesn't really, uh, I, I'm trying to think of a good way to describe him without being negative. <laughs> yeah. He, he He's a guy that he's won 80-something times, so... Obviously, but he was with Tiger. Anybody could have caddied for Tiger and got 80 <laughs> wins or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, 
he's got a lot of knowledge, but it, and he tries to kind of like teach you that stuff. But it's, a lot of those things are obvious. When what, the times that I've been out with him, I'm like, you know, it's kind of stuff I already know. Like you don't really need to tell me stuff like this. Right. Um, somebody that I actually there's a couple guys I really looked up to when I was on the LPGA. It would be Kurt Kowalik that caddies for Cameron Champ and Julian Trudeau who caddies for Adam Long now and worked for for Graham Dillette. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Because I think both of those guys started on the LPGA and they really worked their way up to the PGA Tour. Um, and when I was younger and I was still working on the LPGA, I was kind of like, oh, those are guys I want to be like, you know, I want to work my way up just like they did. And it's really cool to be out yeah. there work, working with them now, too. So those are guys I look up to. Guys I've been out with, I've been out with Steve Williams and Fluff. I really like Fluff. He's like a kid on the golf course. Um, and he's however old he is. I've got a lot of respect for him. He still goes out and walks the golf courses when he doesn't have to. He's seen them 30, 40 times probably. So I've got a lot of respect for him. He's got a good work ethic, and he's always excited to come to work. Um, and he's never late, too. That's another thing. If you're a caddy, you can't ever be late. And that's one thing that, that Jim Furyk has told Corey about Fluff. Is he's like, he comes to work excited every day, and he's never been late once. So those are some good things about Fluff that I look No sick to. days. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. So my last question, and I like to ask all our guests this, so it, it will be repetitive to our listeners, but it's usually a different answer. So your ultimate dream foursome, but there's a little caveat to it, because you work with golfers all the time, none of them can be golfers. Yeah. So who would your ultimate foursome be? Okay, no golfers. No golfers. Like professional golfers? Yeah, no, no PGA guys. Okay, um, I'll go Derek Jeter. Uh, let's see. That's new. I love baseball, so... I love baseball, baseball too, and it's painful at how much they're fighting right now. But that's another topic. Yeah. <laughs> I would probably go Derek Jeter and A-Rod just to hear yeah. some of their stories. And he's a Yankees fan, too. I'm a Yankee that. fan. I like that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Derek Jeter, A-Rod, uh, and I'll go with Keith Yandel. I've got his hockey skates. <laughs> so, really, Keith? Yeah, he's the yeah. second to come up in the in, a, in a groups of four. Yeah, who had him on? Hunty. Yes, yes, Hunty had yeah. him on. Right. Um. Well, okay. Last one here for you, Cal. That, that's a good three, uh, good foursome there. Last question here for before let you go. Um, peppers. Where did that come from? Obviously, I don't know. So, and no one else really probably knows. But we want to know. I mean, where did that nickname Peppers come from? Yeah. So my. My last name is Peters, um, and it was it was it was a, a drunk college night. Somebody just called me the wrong name. Instead of Peters, they called me Peppers, and and it stuck. Which I'm I'm happy. Like there could be a lot worse nicknames than Peppers. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> um, okay, well, I, I just that was a quick one. So let's just do this. Lastly, um, one good send off story from all your years. You know, like what's a your go-to when you're telling uh, at the table around around the boys? Yeah, let's see. You know, I don't, I'm don't. i trying to keep it PG. Yeah, yeah I get so it. I'm not going to go. Uh, another story that I thought about that I didn't tell you guys was a, was a course we played in, let's see, Guatemala, and it was on the side of a volcano. Um, don't go left. So we're like, <laughs> We're, we're on the driving range and we're warming up and this volcano is like 
spitting out fumes. Like you can see the smoke <laughs> puffing out of the volcano. And it's the hilliest golf course I've ever caddied on. Um, but we stayed in uh, the city nearby was Antigua. So we would be like down in the city at night. We'd be having dinner. We're looking up and you see this volcano like and it's literally shooting lava out of it. You can see it running down the side of the mountain and we're playing golf on the side of this. So that was uh, probably the coolest course um, that I've been to. And actually, I think it was about two years ago, that volcano actually erupted and the course is destroyed now. So wow. it's no longer even a golf course. But um, that was probably one of the coolest places that I've ever been to. And when I was there, I told the guy that I was caddying for, I was like, I will never come back here either unless, A, you win this golf tournament or, B, I find a girl here that I can date, and that would be the only way that I'm coming back here. <laughs> well, Kyle, this has been so much fun. Uh, we really appreciate uh, you coming on the show, and for everyone listening, it's uh, not Peppers, it's Kyle Peters. Um, Troy, anything last you want to say? Thanks for coming on, Kyle. It's awesome. Uh, I think our listeners are going to really enjoy this one. So, again, we really appreciate after you working your ass off all week and then getting off the golf course a few hours, coming on the show and spending some time with us. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. I'm happy to come on and talk to you guys for a little bit. Okay. Cheers, Kyle. Today's sponsor of Off the Hosel is GR Flooring. For all your flooring needs, contact Todd Ripplinger at 306-537-9074 or visit him in person at 1260 McDonald Street in Regina, Sask. Alrighty, there it is, the interview with Kyle Peters. Um, first off, right away, great interview. Uh, we appreciate uh, Kyle coming on. Um, Troy, what are some of your, I don't know, like just takeaways from that that interview alone? Oh, it's just kind of cool getting a perspective from a caddy's view on the PGA Tour. Um, you know, he had a lot of good stories, had some funny ones. Uh, the one where, you know, I asked him a question, what he does when he's not on the golf course, and he says, well, I, I go hiking. And I, I'm going, well, you walk on a golf course five days a week, and then you go and hike for two days? I said, like, you must have the strongest, best-looking calves on tour. He said, no, Phil does. Yeah, Phil. <laughs> but this, you know, that's kind of not weird, I guess, if that's your passion, right? But Well, even his story about, like, he's at the Masters, and, and I asked, like, what what is one of your kind of your oh, oh shit moments, right, he said, and uh, how he was, like, raked in the bunker, and then he was putting behind the line, and they're like, uh, you guys are behind pace of play, so just hurry up. <laughs> just like, oh, my God. Yeah, and I think it was him and Fino's cat. Yeah. Like, Did you see that? Um. Yeah, so other than that, though, we appreciate uh, Kyle coming on. I hope you guys enjoyed the, the, that interview because, I mean, it was it was awesome. And uh, thanks again for coming on there, Kyle. Yeah, you know, Drew, I noticed something here the last week. I've been doing a little bit of research. Uh, I don't know. Well, I know you know, but we want to let all our listeners know and thank all our listeners. But we uh, are currently in the top 10 of all golf podcasts in Canada. There's 120 golf, co- golf podcasts, and we're in the top 10. So we really want to thank all our listeners. Um, keep telling your friends means a lot to us and that's why again we're doing this uh really doing it here harry <laughs> yeah we're doing it lloyd or we're, lloyd yeah we're uh we're doing this father's day giveaway uh again you got to enter it's a player golf head cover player golf hat divots indoor golf sweater an off the hosel golf shirt an off the hosel hat two rounds of golf cart included from our friends at deer valley golf course you know you must be following instagram facebook twitter you have to be following us to be entered to this contest you got to tag three friends and the value of this thing is $375. We did all the math. We crossed the the T's and dotted the I's. 
Yeah. Yeah. So. so again, you need to be following us on all our social media platforms. And again, Facebook's off the hosel, Instagram and Twitter at underscore off the hosel. Get your entries in. We want to wish all the fathers out there, especially ours, Drew. Happy Father's Day, Dad. Yeah. And to all the dads. You guys enjoy your weekend. Okay, guys. Talk to you guys later. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, rest of your week, rest of whatever you're doing. Troy, always a pleasure. Take care, my brother. Love you, bro. Peace.